0: Up early today with David Minchin, he's the CEO of Helium One. So, many requests from uh, people out there for us to talk to them and for us to get a little bit of an education on the Helium market macro factors. Uh, we do that today. So, if you want our thoughts and opinions on the conversation, what do you have to say, and the company's uh, plans for 2021, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. You can also find on there are detailed company reports. There are commentaries from market experts from around the world on a variety of commodities and companies. There are training videos on there to help you with your diligence process. There are summaries of other interviews that we've done just to save you a bit of time. And if you want uh, an environment where you can share your thoughts and ideas with like minded investors, go and join them at ChrisInvestor.com forward slash club.
1: David, how are you doing, sir? Nice
0: to meet you, Matthew. Yeah, nice to have you on the show. Yeah, we've not spoken before, obviously, and um, we've not heard your story. But we were keen to talk to you because we're getting a lot of inbound about helium. People are excited about helium at the moment, and uh, you're going to educate us in a second. But first of all, I need to announce to our regular viewers: you're, you're also uh, a friend of Mr. Brandon Monroe, aren't you?
1: Yeah, uh, he was a chairman of Scandi which was the uh, c- company I was uh, chief executive of before, before moving to Helium One. So, yeah, he's a good friend of mine.
0: What's, what's he really like? I mean, you can tell us. He's absolutely
1: brilliant, which is a shame because you'd <laughs> hope beneath that common exterior we, there were some deep, dark
0: secrets, but it's not. He's just a lovely guy. We, 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 we're digging furiously. Can't find a thing. Spotless. <laughs> spotless. Um, well, look, um, just want to say, where are you, first of all?
1: At the moment, I'm in a Godalming, but uh, I've, I've, got a, I've, I've had a busy week preparing to move my family to, uh, to Taha'u Salaam, uh, oh, flying out on Monday morning to stay there for a 3-month period. Okay, so It's important. I mean, you know, it's, we're listed in London, but our project is in Tanzania, so we're a Tanzanian focused company. I think it's important for me as the Chief Executive spend some time in the country, meet the important pe- people. Uh, and gets to know how things are operating and running on the ground, so I can make sure that when we start drilling, we can run a smooth and efficient programme.
0: Absolutely. i to make some friends. I remember I've done a a little bit of business out there myself with um, a a, a port and a hospital. Uh, Wonderful country, wonderful people, very, very friendly indeed. Hey, tell me this, because when I say helium to people, they go party balloons, right? And I'm sure you get that (laughs) everywhere you go. So, you're going to have to help us here because I think there's some very avid Helium fans and then there are people who don't know much but might like to, given the kind of niche nature of this. So, Helium, what's it used for? Who are the main players? What's the market? Just give us a bit of background, please.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. It's a significant hurdle, actually, for investing because you know, a lot of people, you know, they don't know that Helium comes out of the ground, uh, they, they don't know that it's used for anything other than for party balloons and squeaky voices. And uh they, they don't know that it's in critical under sub, sub, sub supply uh, and is one of those high-value commodities which is essential for the future of the technological growth of, 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 of our economy. Um so I and mean, helium is used in a wide range of high-value uh and next-gen tech, tech technology applications, it's got um, a number of unique properties which makes it unsubstitutable in a range of high high-value end usage. Uh, it's got the lowest boiling point of any gas. So if you if you want to cool something to uh, within five degrees of absolute zero, for instance, to take advantage of its superconducting properties, you need to use helium. So uh, that's what it's used, used for in, in, in MRI scanners, uh, to, to cool the magnets in MRI scanners. That's a massively growing market as MRI scanners moves from being something used only in hospitals in the first world to being something that's part of a diagnostic toolkit of uh, doc, doc, doc doctors and physicians around the globe. Uh, it's also used in a number of next-gen tech, 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 technology manufacturing processes. So, it's used in semiconductor chip manufacturing, uh, large quantities. Um, China has the, the doubled the amount is imported over the last 10, 10 years as this semiconductor chip uh, industry has, has increased. Uh, and, and It looks like it's set to, to double it again in the next 10, 10, 10 years. Uh, it's used in fibre, in fibre optics. Again, China importing a huge amount in construction, fibre, fibre optics, because it's um, got the smallest pore size of any of any gas. If you want to make a very high-purity glass, you need to make it in a helium ap- atmosphere. So, by making your fibre optics in a helium ap- atmosphere, you, you you guarantee minimal data loss across the length of, of the cable. Um, uh, so things like you know it's used in flat panel disp- display manufacturing uh stuff which is going to be the dominant tech technology in the, in the next 10 years uh and indeed china is an important market for helium because uh, it doesn't have any helium at all domestically so it's uh it's imp- imports about a billion cubic feet a year and that's set to increase dramatically as we you know we increasingly use things with flat panel displays with semiconductor chips and you know the internet of stuff you know we, we fiber optic cables need to go ev- everywhere um is actually very speaking of the internet of stuff data center centers are using a huge amount of helium uh, Google and Netflix buy a huge amount every year uh, because it's used used in high density hard drives so, um, if you replace uh, the air gap in a hard drive with helium, because it's got the lowest viscosity of any gas, it can increase the, uh, the, the efficiency of, of the hard drive. So, it means it uses less, less energy, it produces less heat.
0: Okay. So, 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 so the, you've talked about some of the properties there, you've talked about some of the use cases. There and you talked about some of the the industrial uses and users there. So, and this is something which can't be synthesised, but can it be substituted? Not really. You see, like where it's being used,
1: it's 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 a high value gas. You only use it in a manufacturing process where you need to use it, uh, and you know generally you can't replace it with, with 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 something else. You know, in instances where you can replace it with something else, when you do replace it with something else, because it costs a lot. And supplies are in short demand. So no, I mean also, I mean if you're building a, if you're building a, a semiconducting chips, so these are such high value product. You need to make sure that you've got the helium, and you need to make sure it's of a higher spec. You know, it's, it's the if you're SpaceX launching your 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 rocket, they they use thousands of liters every time they of helium every time they launch a rocket because it purges the hydrogen fuel out of the uh, out of the boosters. Um, you can't substitute it for anything else because you risk of an unexplo- of uncontained explosions. And also uh, you know, out of a rocket launch, your ten thousand liters of helium is probably the cheapest part of getting that satellite in- into space, so you just have to use it and you use it at any price.
0: Right. but okay, but in that in that use case, which I think is extreme and there are few and far between, um, but something more common like you know the manufacture of, of 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 chips, for instance. Which uh, you're talking about, China sort of d- doubling and then doubling again. So, and I do want to get onto the macro around the supply and the demand gap that there, that there is at the moment. In scenarios like that, and we sort of see it in rare earths, where either something becomes too expensive, right? I've seen shortage of supply, and if it's in, in, in demand, price goes up, basic economics, right? But if it gets to a point where it becomes too expensive, we're quite ingen- ingenious little uh, buggers, the human race. We find substitutes, we find ways around at workarounds. Are you saying at the moment that there's nothing else out there which is even coming close to the d- delivering the benefits of helium?
1: Absolutely. In fact, what I'm saying is that all of the instances where helium would be a better thing, but you can substitute it for something else, those have already happened. You know, in the last 3 years the price in helium has inch, imported helium into, into china has increased from about $200 per mcf up to $375 per, per mcf so it's already seen a 150% pricing in, increase um all the instances where you can substitute helium, helium uh, have been removed which Means two things. One, it means that there will be, you know, the, the, the demand which we have now can't really erode, especially because these are growing industries. But importantly, if the price was to be reduced, there's, there's latent demand for operations which would rather use helium.
0: Okay, so, so you're saying it in terms of re- replacing it at the moment. That's unlikely. So I need to understand what the size of the market is to, you know, mm. to un- and understand, again, who the players are. Because I think if I look at your PowerPoint, people should look at your PowerPoint. We'll put a link below. You're looking at some of your peers. These are not big companies. Okay. So what is, what is the size of the market? And tell me about this, this gap between supply and demand at the moment. So the
1: size of the market at the moment is about 6 billion cubic feet. Uh, And that's predicted to increase over the next 10 years to eight and a half billion cubic cubic feet. Uh, uh, The value of that market, um, depending on what sort of that price you use on, on, on helium, you're you're looking at anything between two and a half up to four and a half billion dollars per year. Um, Mm -hmm. The the, the, the main players or the, the main producers are companies like Exxon Mo- Mobil, Qatar Gas, um, uh, Vast Gas are going to come in as, as, as well. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's, it's produced by majors as a byproduct of uh, liquid natural gas pr- production. Now this is important because the supply is genuinely quite inflexible. It's it's a, a low grade by byproduct for multi-billion dollar develop de- multi-billion dollar gas developments. Um, so you know, for instance, the the, the the Qataris are producing at a grade of 0.05% helium. Uh, associated with, with hydrocarbon. they uh, w- The Qatar North gas field development, which is going to add about another 350,000 MCF of production a year, that's costing $23 billion to construct. So it's clearly not supported on the helium e- economics alone. It's supported from a natural gas, um, which is also an important point to make because as we uh, uh, reduce our dependence on on hydrocarbon over the next 50 years and transition towards a green economy, uh, those large liquid natural gas facilities aren't going to be built. and We are are going to see a reduction in hydrocarbon and reduction in the price of hydrocarbon, but we're still going to need a supply of helium for the high tech and medical applications that we use it for. So I think there is a strong a uh, strong reason for a new form of primary helium supply to come onto onto the market, um, a primary helium primary helium supplier, who's fo- who's got a high grade deposit is focused just on helium economics and focused on helium supply and demand.
0: Okay, well, well, tell tell me about that. So you've got all these majors who are buying a byproduct, a buy very small byproduct, are producing helium and feeding that into the market. Um, it, it, because we see this in a bunch of other commodities, where you've kind of got people like the Rio Tintos producing copper and they're they're chucking out uranium as a byproduct. They don't care about the price; they just want rid of it because it's not cost to them. Has that affected the uh, the price of helium to date? It's hard to say.
1: Um, certainly, it's like it, it's it's a factor to take into consideration. We're not going to be displacing any of these producers because they're making it at, at you know as a byproduct and it's not quite zero cost but certainly it's not their profit center um but at the same time they're not going to increase their production uh, and they're, and they're, and they're not focused on providing material for helium per se you know they they they're, they're not focused on they, they don't uh, the end users are want to have someone with some flexibility and with some guarantee of, of of supply because if the if if you need to close down a line on the on, you know if the Qataris need to close down a line of their of their, of their hydrocarbon facility then you will lose helium supply be, 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 because of that
0: Right. So let's talk about how you, small player. but certainly you, because you, you just uh, went public in in December. How do you insert yourself into into the supply chain? Because, like again, just to just to keep on that analogy of you know um, the the copper producer producing uranium as a byproduct, dumping into the market at any price because it doesn't matter to them. It's kind of kept it's helped one of the reasons to kind of keep uranium prices deflated because the supply is always there. Your message is saying, "Well, we're going to be a primary producer, so I guess we better try and understand what you mean by primary producer." I guess primary focus is what you're talking about, is it? Well, no, I mean our gas is completely different in, in
1: composition than the, what's being, than what is already in production. Uh, while they're producing from a gas which contains between 0.05 and, say, a maximum of 0.3% helium. Uh, we've measured helium seeps at surface at 10.5% helium. So, we're talking about anything up to 200 times higher grade than they're working from. Um, our, our carrier gas is, is nitrogen. So, our, what we're finding at surface is helium seeping at 10% helium and 90% nit- nitrogen, and the very few other impurities. And that means that for us to, to come into production, our, our, our capital cost is so much less. You know, we, we don't have to deal with, uh, with a low value uh, bulk commodity like liquid natural gas and you know, develop a, a multi-billion dollar developed processing plant and uh, pipelines to coast, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we're able to separate out uh, pure liquid helium, which puts into truck-mounted ISO containers, and you can drive it to the port of Dar es Salaam and mount it onto a, a normal container ship. Um,
0: and the nitrogen we can vent into the atmosphere. Right, but how, see this. This is the clever bit for me. The bit I just I don't understand it, right. So you can't see it, you can't smell it. It's it's well for all the, all the reasons you said. It's 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 a it's a tough it's a tough thing. Uh, how do you go about identifying what you've got under the ground? You're talking about you know surface seepages and you're measuring it. Some quite high numbers there. But how do you work out quantify what you've got in the ground? Is it the same as regular gas? Is the process the same? Yeah, I mean, in in terms of geology, it's
1: very similar to um, a normal gas type of deposit. You're subject to the same constraints of source, migration, reservoir, seal and trap. Um, Now, the source is completely different. Uh, Helium forms in ancient continental crust over hundreds of millions of years through the breakdown of radioactive isotopes, and it's released when that crust is opened for the very, very first time. Um, and you have to be a specific distance away from a volcanic center to get the a number of hot fluids to release the helium out of the crust and migrate it up up these basement faults. But from there upwards, it's it's identical. So you need to have sand units to act as reservoirs with uh, mud units on top of them to act as seals, and you need to have trap structures with closure, uh, so that you can accumulate helium and nitrogen in in economic. Uh, In economic quantities, Um, we've taken first move advantage in Tanzania to pick up all of the areas where there's high concentrations of helium seeping up into surface, and these seeps are adjacent to sedimentary filled basins, uh, which have got the potential to store and trap the, the helium as it comes to surface. Um, we In Rukwa, which is our most advanced project, we've got a thousand line kilometres of historical seismic data, data. We've been able to get hold of the original data tapes and reprocess that to a very high quality 2D survey over the basin. Uh, we have flown high resolution of uh, Falcon gravity gradiometry over the entire basin. That gives a great map of the basin-basement con- contact based on, based on the density difference of it, ancient crust and the basin fill. We've done macro-seep analysis, which is identified the high-grade helium seeps at the surf surface. We've done micro-seep analysis, which has identified helium in, in gas, helium, anomalous helium in gas across the basin, indicating that the helium is migrating out across the basin. Uh, so what we need to do now is to, is to drill it to test it. So this year is a very big year. So it's a transformative year for the, for, for the, for the, for the company. We're going to start in Q1 with an infill seismic survey. That's despite the thousand kilometres of line of seismic we've already got. We're going to do infill work over the shallow traps that we've identified that we want to test, and that's just to make sure that we have got full confidence on closure and that we will drill at, at just the right spot to make sure we we can identify gas. And then, following on from that seismic survey in Q2 of this year, we're, we're going to get a big onto the ground. We're going to drill three holes and we're going to identify
0: helium gas. Okay. So let's come back to where you are because I think, okay, you kind of outlined the process you've got to go through. You, this is in the middle of nowhere, it seems to me, just looking looking at Google. You know, so you've got raised six million bucks uh, at, at IPO. Oh, sorry, six million pounds, sorry, I should say, real money. Uh, At an IPO, and uh, you you kind of allocated I guess su- some of that. But what are the costs you're going to have to bear? Because the nearest town is like you know, over 100 kilometers away. So how many you know? What are, what are, where are you keeping people? Are you going to build a camp? I mean, how First of all, in
1: terms yeah. of logistics, it's not that bad. We're only about we're about 35 kilometers away from the Tanzam Highway, which is the main highway connecting the Zambian Copper Belt to the port of Dar es Salaam. So logistical wise, it's not that bad. Um, it's flat lying ground. Uh, so it's relatively simple in, in terms of, of, of access. Uh, it gets a bit muddy during the rainy season, which is uh, ongoing now, um, but you know, we, we, that's why we're, we're scheduling our drilling for Q2 and we'll we'll run the seismic as soon as the ground dries, dries up enough for us to make sure we've got enough, good enough ground conditions to be able to run the seismic. Um, we're going to yeah we're we're, we're going to have a camp, um, but I mean the drill rig itself because because heliums a high value gas you don't need to drill so deep to find economic accumulations, so we're, we're using a slimline mineral rig um, so it's if it's, you know, it's it's a normal mineral rig um, we're drilling to target traps to a maximum depth of about twelve hundred meter meters. Um and the reason why we've used them inwardly because it's much lighter, which means getting access to these areas is is much easier and it's much cheaper and we don't like
0: wasting money. No. Um well I'm sure would be delighted to hear that. But um in and just looking at your shares, obviously you have seen a bit of a pop since you listed. I think you know, you're in the kind of uh the halcyon period, of the four months after the listing. Um how are you gonna sustain that interest? You know, because you're gonna to have to start delivering results into the marketplace and you're gonna to have to you're gonna to have to because it's it's relatively unknown. This this is kind of come back to the we said the way it's relatively unknown space. So you know you're almost gonna to have to define what success will look like for them. You can just say, this is what we're gonna be doing and this is what we're looking for. So how do you go and talk to and educate a market whilst trying to do what you're trying to do?
1: I mean, first of all, yeah, we've had a, a, a good share price response from the, from the market since we're listing. Up well, two and a half times since listing day. So, I mean, that's a great response for a company that's a month and a bit old. Um, secondly, I mean, we've got a long way to go on the share price, and I think this next six months is going to be incredibly transformative for the company, because um, you know, this is the this is how we move from being an explorer with a good concept. To being a developer with a good disc discovery, and that, that's going to be, you know, there'll be news flow coming out for seismic as we define the traps and uh, you know, re- re- refine our targets. There'll be a lot of news flow coming out once we start drilling. Once we start drilling, uh, we'll be able to report uh, significant helium shows um, as mu- as gas in mud which so we'll be monitoring helium in the drill mud as, it, as, as, we, as we advance each, each hole. If there's a significant show, then we'll be able to report that. And that's you know, triggering the proof of concept that there is helium in, in the ground. Then on completion of the program, we're, we're able to do drill, drill string testing. So we'll, we'll put an inflatable packer down the hole. So we'll run wire lines first and identify where, where the reservoir units are. Then we'll put an inflatable packers down the hole, isolate that unit with these inflatable packers and run a test through those packers to determine how much helium is flowing out of that reservoir and to take samples of the gas that we've disk, 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 disk discovered. So, in you know, by August and September of this year, we, we should be in a position of being able to say, yes, we have helium on un- the ground. Yes, it is at this, this grade. And then we can start the process of running feasibility studies uh, and define the engineering and and the economics of what should be a world-class project.
0: Well, that's the key word, the economics, right? So you're an explorer. You're right at the 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 beginning of the process here, and to get to the point where you. More importantly, the market understand the economics. You've got a bit of work to do, and I keep coming about this because again, we, you, there, there's such big parallels in in other sectors. You know, and I think railways is always a good one, where people don't understand it, so they they avoid it, and you've got to educate the market, get people comfortable around your economics or your version of events to be able to you know sustain that interest. Because you know, having a good response straight after listing, normal. Pretty much, pretty, pretty normal, right? You've got to sustain that interest. So you, you just said August September is a point at which you can maybe give a bit more clarity around what it is that you've got. Do you feel that you're going to have to talk to maybe do some infill in terms of the communication? What are you going to be able to tell us between now and then? Well, I mean, coming back
1: to what you said right right to the start, a lot of people don't know what helium's for, and they don't know what what the usage is. You know, they, they don't. Know what a success case is is defined as, and as you rightly pointed, there's been a lot of niche commodities where a lot of people haven't, you know, there haven't been the success cases which which were promised. However, when you look at the technical basics, the fundamentals of this pro- project and build it from the ground up, from you know, just from a purely geological technical point of view, the grade in the ground is 200 times higher than anything which is currently in production. The size of the project at 138 billion cubic feet has the potential to provide a meaningful quantity of of the world market for over 100 years. We're talking about something which is globally strategic. This isn't going to be a price taker it's going to be a price maker. If we want to reduce the price to bring out latent supply, we produce more more helium. And the price goes down. Yeah, this is this is the swing supplier for helium over the next one 100 years, and it's that that's what makes it globally strategic. That's why we come back to saying again and again, this is potentially a globally strategic a asset because this changes how this commodity is provided over the next century.
0: Okay, we finally got to some pretty big statements from you there. Okay, so you're talking about 100-years price maker um, and you, you're talking about the this, this size of what you of, of the resources that you think you've got under the under the ground there. So why don't you produce a study now which says, hey, just as a marker in the sand, this is what we're talking about, because right now I think people are looking at yeah exploration story with a long way to go and no reason to kind of get interested. so if you know so much, can you not put some kind of economic study in place now?
1: Well, to be honest, I think we've done as much as we can before we make a discovery i mean we've 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 done high level economic studies um so we've done uh engineering study based on a theoretical a theoretical gas composition from what we've seen at the surface and that's to you know the, the result of that was to get um uh 350,000 mcf of production a year that the 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 plant capital cost would be about 50 about 50 million dollars
0: so okay. it, it's Can you just something with a- the terminology David you said we've done as much as we can before we've made a discovery okay so that yeah. language so, you know, suggest that you you've got a bit more work to do. So how how can you put a hundred year life of mine on the equivalent life life of resource on it? How can you say we're we're a price maker? How can you put a uh, what was the number 130?
1: 138 billion cubic
0: feet? Right. How, how can you yeah. do that without having a, a resource a known resource a the, stated These
1: resource? are um, using the oil and gas term, terminology best estimate, unrisked, prospective. Recoverable resources. Got it. Got it. So this is an, a number from an independent study. We've had two two done, one by Neville and Swell uh, (NSAI) and one by SRK, um, uh, and uh, they have independently verified these these numbers based on the the, the seismics which we have, the uh, concentrations we've seen, the gas coming up to surface. Uh, this is the best estimate of what we could dis- discover if we were to drill all of our prospects and traps.
0: Got it. Okay. Obviously, that. this will
1: be refined once we've drilled and made, you know, we're flowing. That will de risk the entire basin and will give us a better idea of what we might potentially find once we know what the fill point is on the traps which we drilled. So it's to be refined, but at the moment, it's the best estimate.
0: Perfect. And so again, just drawing comparisons to other commodities, which is just that little bit more technical, you know, like Uraniums or your lithiums of this world. With helium, is that the same degree of difficulty in terms of extracting uh, the helium component? Or was it well established technology? It's
1: well established. I mean, the the engineering study that we've done. Um, basically, if you can imagine, in the Qatar oil field, they've got a, a twenty-three billion dollar a uh, liquid natural gas plant, and then a 50 million dollar port-a-carbon on the side, which takes the effluent from that and separates the helium out. We've just taken that 50 million dollar collection of portacabins and moved it out into the plains of Rukwa.
0: Okay, well so let's talk about it. I mean, you've literally well, well, done that. Process. You've literally done that because you, you talk in your uh, PowerPoint again about the kind of capex component here of around 50 50 million bucks. Uh, what, what's the point at which you start having to make those decisions? Just so it gives a sense of the timeline moving forward. What do you mean about uh, the decisions? Well, about I'm saying, I mean, I like this year, you're saying we've got six million bucks, we're going to do our infill uh, seismic, we're going to do a bit of drilling, we're going to, you know, we know we're going to in 2021. But what's the point at which you start having to talk the language of uh, raising more capital, um, you know, and whatever, whatever kind of operational additions you need to make to the, yeah. uh, the company?
1: I mean, we, we with fully financed to complete this exploration that we're doing now, so you know, we 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 took six, six million. We had more on the table, but we decided to take six uh, because that finances the, the infill size. Make under three drill drill, drill holes. Um, we were once we've completed the exploration. Once we made a, a discovery. Uh, we're going to need to raise finance uh, to uh, complete the feasibility studies, uh, the field evaluation programme and the engineering on surface. Um, That would hopefully be done at a big premium because we've made a discovery. Uh, And then once we've completed the feasibilities and the engineering, then we know know what the economics of the project definitively are going to look like. Uh, We can start raising the equity, uh, debt and what we need to do to, to bring it into, into production.
0: And again, the sense of the timing on that, when, what's your expectation uh, I mean, the next couple of years? I guess? Probably start working on the, uh,
1: you know, ideally keep the rig out in the field and st- st- roll over straight from discovery drilling into field evaluation. Um, so, you know, complete that in the second half of next year, uh, sorry, of this year, uh, keep forgetting it's January. Uh, engineering wise would be, would run in parallel to, to, to that. Look, looking at a feasibility complete um, in the first half of twenty twenty two, and then fast track it into into production as soon as we can
0: after after that. Okay, probably targeting first helium in twenty twenty three. Okay, that's the, that's what, kind of where I wanted to get to because you know sometimes these exploration plays with you know it's, well my experience would be in in natural gas with the the the. Need to raise more and more capital to do more and more drilling to understand the size of, of uh, the prize, as it were. You know what they've got in the ground. Just it runs and runs and runs, and the cap, the catalyst moments that they hope for, just sometimes aren't catalyst moments at, at all. What's in their head and what the market thinks are two different things. So, how do you, how, these are it?
1: very conventional uh, hmm. gas traps. It's it's actually directly analogous to the Albertine Basin in in Uganda. Um, both in terms of the geology and the geometry of the traps, but also in the, in the, in the, in the discovery. I mean, total Oil made that discovery based on oil seeps around the edge of the rift-based basin, went went in and drilled it. They actually had an 80% success rate on their, on their drill holes uh, and you know, built a company. Um, we've come in and found helium seeps around the rift basin, pegged the entire fair, fairway, uh, and now we're c- coming in to, to drill it. Um, but I mean, it's, these aren't geologically complex. We're not looking at sort of fracture hosting. This is normal lake bed sandstones sand with mudstone seals in well-understood trapping styles. It's, it's a very conventional project in terms of geology.
0: So who should we be looking at as investors? Um, you know, you talked about the big boys and their production, etc. You're, you're not going to compete with them. You're talking about being a primary producer. There are some names you've mentioned in the PowerPoint. They're not very big companies. There may have been a little spurt of growth in each each case as they've maybe started at different, different points in the cycle, but going forward, who are you trying to be like or is this just still quite a nascent industry for the primary producers? Sure. That's a good question
1: because it is very, very hard to find a comparable case. and There aren't many occasions where something with the potential to be globally strategic comes on and is available to the retail market at such an early stage of its development cycle. We're trading at 8p at the moment. Once we make a discovery, once we become that swing swing supplier, who knows what our price is is going to be. It's very hard because there's no Real comparables of, you know, uh, uh, something which is hundred, t- you know, fifty times bigger and two hundred times higher grade than existing p- producers and explorers. You, you, who do you peg
0: it against? Well, I don't know. That's that's why I was quite keen to talk to you because you know there's a lot of companies talking in the talk, but we've not sort of seen any reflection in share price or growth really. And you're all quite small companies, I and mean, then one of the, you know, you're whatever you're million pounds. You've talked about some other uh, hundred million dollar type companies, so it's all just it's early days. And I guess that's another thing which would be maybe a barrier for some people. Some people might get excited because of the leverage, and others would be turned off by it. So the, the data in the market is quite important, um, and that's why I was wondering, you know, where we, sh- where you think we should be looking.
1: I mean, I, I'll turn that question around back. Back to you, and uh, maybe your viewers will have an idea of, you know, uh, examples of globally strategic projects which have, you know, come from this exploration stage into 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 the development stage. I you mean, know? uh, uh, yeah.
0: Well, I think there's well, the trouble is there's more people lying on the sides of the tracks than there are racing ahead. That's that's, <laughs> that's why it's very important to you know know what you're getting into, and more importantly, your ability to deliver that. You know, so in terms of the, obviously we know Ian Stalker, you know the, the old war horse, you know been around the block certainly in Africa. Uh, you, you know you've got a good team there, but uh, w- what I'm trying to get a sense of is, you know, have you got a very clear business plan and do you know how you're going to deliver it? And I think you've outlined some of the deliverables. We, we, there. we know
1: how we're going to make a discovery.
0: Uh, we know how we're going to bring it in, in
1: into production. Um, you know, my my background is that I'm a geologist. I'm a technical guy. I get things done. Um, and I mean, I'm, I'm you know the, the market will look after itself. If if we make a globally significant dis- dis- discovery, we can bring it into production on a low capex, high margin type of, of production. We agree the offtakes. We we you know, we we engineer it and we deliver it. The market will value that as the market values that
0: yeah I mean like said I think I think it's it, it, it will but you know it'd be great to have some kind of use cases I said some cases out there of you know who's doing it and where the margins get shaved and you know partnerships that need to be formed and you know like if i'm if I'm looking you know down the you know completely the other end of the supply chain is, is there a well established and well trodden path to actually sell helium into the market and you know how is that done or do you need to have or do intermediaries going kind to of step in in the middle there I mean how, do you, how, how much control do you retain and for how long? I mean, um,
1: most helium and how we would intend to market our, 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 our helium is sold through industrial majors, um, and that's because they've got the, the the logistics and the and the and the book of buyers. You know, they 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 have the market. Uh, we would be looking to target a number of um, end users as as well, um, buying our own. Uh, trucks to 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 deliver it. Um, the reason being that the industrial majors put a significant markup on their on their supply, um, and if we can capture that value, then then we would. However, I mean, you know, our primary job is to be a producer. I'm not going you know, I'm, to. I'm. When we haven't got the time or the capacity to build up an order book of a hundred different end 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 users, we we want to get into into production and focus on on our speciality.
0: Okay. Do you, and do you think because of this, this growing gap between supply and demand and the fact that you can't synthesize this product, there's going to be a degree of price insensitivity moving forward? You talked about moving from 200 to 350 bucks in no short order. Can you see this thing moving uh, even higher? I mean, there is certainly price insensitivity in terms
1: of a demand. As I mentioned earlier, anything which could be substituted out has been sub- substituted out, and the remainders of price takers. Um, I mean, but to be honest, we we you know, we we will be a high margin producer at any price we, because of the of the grade of helium that we have in in the ground and our low capital cost. You know, the operating costs are sort of very small. We're talking about fifteen to twenty dollars per mcf. So we're we're not price sensitive in terms of our economics. Not really.
0: Right. No, I'm not worried about this end. I'm worried about the other end. And, and again, you know, how, how far can you push it? Because if you've kind of got a kind of competitive tension in terms of your ability to distribute, it gives you options. Uh, you're you're in control in a way as to where you sell to. And if there's a lack of product in the market, and there's a price insensitivity further down um, that chain, then it doesn't affect your ability to maintain or grow margin. That's where I was getting at. Yeah. Okay. Right. There you go. <laughs> we, we got there. David, I'm just kind of conscious of time here because I, I know you've got places to be. Well, bags to pack. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I've got, I've got another one lined up in the next three minutes. But look, I appreciate this, and sorry for some of the, 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 the dumb questions, but it's just it's from a position of we. It's hard to get much information about the space. Uh, because there are not too many players out there, which is great. Mm. Um, the macro story is, is clear, and uh, you know I'm just intrigued as to you know your ability to be able to deliver into that, and where you're going to fit, how you insert yourself. So, what are the, what are the what are the things we should be looking out for next? Just to give us something to um, to latch onto. In in terms
1: of uh, healing one, our, our next step would be to mobilise the, 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 the seismic crew. Um, we'll get a lot more information on, our, on the subsurface geology and uh, help to refine, the, refine our drill target, target targeting. we we'll then be mobilising drilling in Q2 um, and re- re- reporting results throughout Q2, Q2 and, into, and into Q3. Uh, I think that's where the real evaluation catalyst is going to be you know, in, in, in making that discovery and flowing helium gas to the surface.
0: Beautiful. We'll look out for those. Stay in touch. Pick up the phone, let us know how you're getting on. We'd love to um, hear the story and uh, maybe update people on how you're getting on. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to talk. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming and we'll speak to you again soon.